You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash Film School. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Against all odds, our guest today, John Peterson, abandoned conventional chemical farming and fought local hysteria to build a thriving, organic, and progressive farm. Equal parts performance artist, writer, and farmer, Peterson is the subject of the fascinating documentary, The Real Dirt on Farmer John, which parallels the history of American farming and gives hopes for our agricultural future. John Peterson, welcome to Film School. Yeah, hello. Nice Uh, to be here. uh, How are you doing today? Everything fine with you? Good. Good, good. Watching this documentary exhausted me in some ways because your life has so many ups and downs. Are you feeling pretty good lately? Has the farm been good to you? The farm is doing well, but I haven't been there for the last three springs. Oh. I, I, I've been heavily promoting the film, touring with the film, working on books, and um, I've been overseas a bit touring with the film, so uh, yeah. the, the farm is doing fine without me, but I miss it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's funny. There's one little scene in the movie where your mom says, do you think you'd be happier if you were a writer? Now, now, now you're getting closer to being a writer. Uh, are you happier? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, that, that work on the farm, it's very gratifying. Mm-hmm. But writing is gratifying in a very different way. Yeah. And, and there's something about the comfort of farming that I really am attracted to, but but writing is so expansive and revealing when I do it that um, that I need that too. Otherwise, yeah. you know, you sit on a tractor all day. It's a beautiful thing for me, but but there's a a drone associated with it. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, the mind is exhausting, but it's not. It's exhausted. It's not necessarily. Uh, enlivened with new imagination stimulated yeah. right yeah well, it was a nice combination of the two then i think you're you're trying to work on right here yeah, yeah. the beginning of the film and it's it's what fascinated right me right from the beginning is you you have some dirt in your hand and you take a nibble of it and you take you say the soil tastes good today now, i've often wondered is it the texture or is it the taste uh it's more the taste yeah it, it that that's an old custom for uh evaluating soil which i'm not really steeped in i mean i don't i don't really know it the soil like the way some people know wines uh-huh. it's a way to examine acidity and alkalinity and and, and texture the soil's sweet so so you're looking for a for a sweet taste yeah yeah very good you've been doing this for the last three you've been promoting the film did you expect this to take on sort of this life of its it sounds like it's become your life uh, in many ways the last three Free Springs, anyway. Did you expect that? Did you expect that, yeah. No, I did not expect it. I thought maybe I'd be involved with it for a few months and then go back and farm, but I did set up my work at the farm to make it transferable. I put that in place. If I hadn't done that, I, I don't know what would have happened yeah. at the farm because I've been farming there all these years, and I so much of the various decisions there were based on my being there. Mm-hmm. And so I had to create a proxy, which which took me about 
350 hours of working into a, a spreadsheet because it's very, very – my farming operation is very, very carefully orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Every single row and every single bed is scripted from the beginning to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how deep the seed will be, how far apart the seed will be, what the seed will be, and the row spacings and the cultural practices and the fertility practices and on and on and on all the way through – and a lot of that was in my head, and I put it on paper. The reason you, you do it that way is for the health of the farm. You're planting certain things next to each other in order to continue to uh, cultivate the health of the soil and, and such. Well, exactly. a lot of it's about soil health, but the, the fact is we have to produce a lot of crops mm. to stay in business. Mm. So we feed five to 6,000 people a week. Hmm. And that's that's our source of revenue, and that pays the help and fixes the buildings and mm-hmm. keeps the roads in shape. It's a tremendous thing, tremendous thing. We screened in Ohio the uh, night before last, and the night and the, and the day before that, and we visited many farms in the area. And then on the way from Ohio to L.A., we stopped and visited farms. It's a fantastic thing. I've never experienced the agriculture out here like I did in the last few days. Mm-hmm. But here you see it, it's more extreme here, how you see that they're squeezing production out of every square inch of the soil. And it's kind of shocking. I mean, you really get, in some of these operations, a very strong sense of this agribusiness. I was really amazed at what I saw. But on my farm, what we do, we really work to create a balance between the economics which we have to honor and then the the cultural aspect of agriculture you know how do we create it as community how do we uh, share it with others how do we take care of the people who are working on the farm so we really have to keep that word culture in agriculture and a lot of big uh, business has stripped that out they call it agribusiness and and for me it's agriculture you said you were amazed by what's going on here in California. Is, is maybe the right word shocked by it? Or it yeah, I really was shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I really was shocked. I mean, in the Midwest, you at least see the, the remnants of an agricultural period that was more charming with the farmsteads dotting the landscape and the cute barns the, the, or the elegant brawling barns, but you can really feel the history there, even though the agriculture that's practiced throughout the Midwest today doesn't give rise to that or sustain that landscape. But there were just the faintest traces of that. I mean, we really thought a lot about what it must have been 50 years ago, before the scale could be achieved, when, when people still had to populate the land without the help of all the chemicals. And so you had had more people, you wouldn't have had the huge, huge equipment yeah. and the huge fields, but chemicals have made, made that possible. Is this brand of cultivating our food, is this sustainable in your mind, what we're doing here in California, what you saw? <laughs> I, was, I was really, <laughs> I, you know, I looked at it like, you look at the water trickling out of those, those irrigation tubes and... You see the parched soil where there's where no irrigation is taking place, and you start thinking about everything that has to be in place in order for this complex system to work. 
you have to have fantastic transportation. You have to have the fuel available and affordable. And, I, well, for the conventional farming that's done out here, the chemicals that make it happen is, is you know, it's another huge consideration, a huge economic cost and an environmental cost. And you know, it was just fascinating to see how this part of the country has flourished because of all these things that have come into place, the chemicals, the transportation, the water, the machinery. And sustainable, it's hard to really picture how it could keep going, really. Look at our air transportation system, one little cog breaks in the system and then everything gets shut down. Yeah. So if we had a more regional, regionally based system of agriculture and organic agriculture that wasn't so dependent on the inputs that, that are purchased, we'd certainly have a lot more food security. Right. We're, we're, know, the, the, the degree to which the country depends on this part of the country for food is it's staggering. Yeah. We're talking with John Peterson. He's the subject of a documentary that's called The Real Dirt on Farmer John. I want to add, too, I, did, I visited some fantastic farms and orchards that are very different from the norm out here, organic vegetable operations, organic orchards, and that was a very different experience. The scale's very different, and the... Yeah. The uh, aesthetic and the, the the ideology is so different. Yeah, that must be a shock going from one to the other. It's it's a uh, it's a whole whole different culture, I would assume. I mean, it's it's so divorced from the land in the agribusiness side, and so much a part of it in the mm-hmm. in in the, <laughs> the agriculture side. Well, what comes across so clearly in the real dirt on Farmer John is how much of an attachment you have to have to the land to be. A good steward of the land. Going back to your farm and the operation Angelic Organics that you run, there's uh, a point where, uh, well, just to trace the history a little bit, you grow up on the farm. After your father dies, you nearly lose the farm, and then uh, you get the farm back slowly. You build it back up, and there comes a point where you actually uh, add on to the farm and buy up some more of the property. Uh, That must have felt awfully good. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the the whole story, the whole reason for making the film was this miracle that occurred of bringing this very dead, completely ruined farm back to life. Mm-hmm. And the director, Taggart Siegel, and I, we were sort of shocked one day when we stood there in a splendid field of organic peppers looking off to the distance where that auction had been held 13 years earlier and going wait a minute, how is this possible? Yeah, Yeah. where your equipment was being auctioned off. Yeah. Yeah, to come back to to this farm and take what little was left and to build it up with new farming principles, organic and biodynamic farming methods and close to the soil, close to the work, without that the mediator uh, of the chemicals, and then to gradually get to where enough people believed in it so that not only were they buying vegetables from us in advance, providing us with capital, but they actually bought land next door and made it available to the farm. So it was just a tremendous triumph to have community that really had been very 
not the same community, but but community in a certain way had been very involved in mm-hmm. like ostracizing me and and trying to throw me off the farm and get me out of there. And then it was another community that stepped forward with its capital and its support and made this new type of farming possible. Now you had mentioned uh, also that you've been traveling uh, around uh, outside the U.S. Uh, you yeah. I assume Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are we different? How is our agribusiness different than what they do in Europe? Uh, well, there's a lot of uh, interest in, in organic and biodynamics in Germany. I mean, I'd, I'd say organics is more established in Europe, but the, the farms that have gone down in Europe is so similar to what's happened in the U.S., and the people come and tell me their stories in Europe about being on the land and losing it, and, and it just, I mean, so many depressing stories about what's happened with agriculture as all these new methods have come in to make it so that agriculture could be more efficient and more productive but in a very artificial way mm-hmm. we're going to be opening the film in german theaters in september the whole tour is designed around local food biodynamic food organic food so everywhere we go there's going to be mm-hmm. a banquet uh, that comes out of the local agriculture that sounds sounds like a good deal can i go along <laughs> <laughs> You're sort of breaking through the cultural barriers here, sort of the agribusiness barriers. How easy is it to replicate? How replicatable is your is your farm for the rest of uh, of the United States? My farm, it's a community-supported agriculture farm. So people get very closely involved with the farm, connected to it, because they sign up for a season's worth of vegetables. And so that can be replicated, and there's over 2,000 farms like that in the U.S., mm-hmm. There's between a half a million and a million people in the U.S. who get their food that way. And that movement, the community-supported agriculture movement, is growing so fast. Mm -hmm. But as far as replicating it the way big business has come in and replicated organics, the the small-scale organics, that's not going to happen with community-supported agriculture. One of the fantastic things about that model is that it's not going to be co-opted by Walmart, for instance. Mm-hmm. Walmart's not going to be able to have something going on in their store that gives people a special connection to one farm. Right. You know, a lot of these things that are pioneered by people in a soulful way at a scale that's really human, a lot of these things, you know, they, the, the idea gets co-opted by capital and then it gets sort of tarnished when it's so heavily commercialized. But with community-supported agriculture, I think there's built-in protections. So what we have is more and more and more people having personal relationships with farms in the country. The urban and the rural are reuniting and learning about one another and helping one another. And that's an incredibly important thing because agriculture is so, so depleted from a capital standpoint. It's just been suffering for so long and now we have something going on where the urban people are learning about it and helping and helping to develop a healthy agriculture we're speaking with john peterson he's the subject of a documentary uh, called the real dirt on farmer john and i do want to sort of bring in this urban component because a few months ago we lost a uh, 
what we were calling an urban farm in South Central Los Angeles. It was a big to-do, a lot of uh, back and forth over a, a developer who wanted to sell the land and the people who had been cultivating a good-sized farm within what is traditionally not thought of as farmland, which is South Central Los Angeles. Are you seeing that happen in other big cities around the country? Are you, oh, yeah. You talk about this farming con- is uh, coming along really well and throughout the country. It's another exciting development. Even though for me, I like being out out in the rural area farming, and I'm always kind of surprised when I go to an urban farm and see it surrounded by the you know the urban infrastructure. But it's very exciting to have it happening right within the cities. Yeah, unfortunately, this one was shut down, and it's going to be turned into a warehouse space yeah. where they'll probably ship food. Yeah, they'll probably <laughs> <laughs> from the Central Valley. Yeah, they'll store yeah. food in it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a sad thing. Yeah, and yeah, truly, yeah this... no, I was aware of it for probably a couple of years. We were asked if the, the film could be used to maybe help somehow, and I don't know whatever happened. I don't think they ever used it to try to support the saving that farm. I mean, this urban environment where they're so removed from the land, so removed from the process by which they get their food, uh, the more these kind of farms, these farms co-ops, if you will, are in their neighborhoods, the more connection and the, the more of a stake they'll have in, in food production. I think that's an important thing. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if people really want to get on board with helping the planet, that's the place to start because yeah. you have to be connected to really start to learn what to do, to how to really contribute. And if the weather becomes your weather because it's shaping your food. It's a, you start seeing it as a source of your food and, yeah. and the seasons, uh, which out here is kind of an what's, what seasons? Yeah. <laughs> but where I'm from, we actually have seasons. Yeah. The frost, I mean, there's so many things that people don't relate to in terms of their food that are natural phenomena. But when people join a farm or even shopping at the farmer's markets. They start to get some connection to the whole process, and that makes them connected to the earth, and it makes them start thinking about it all in a different way. I mean, so much of our culture has been divorced from from the source of their food for generations now. Well, John Peterson, I want to ask you, are you more optimistic about the sort of the perspective that people do have on food and how it is produced and how it gets to them. You see a critical mass sort of forming. Well, the critical mass hasn't formed yet, but it's it's moving in that direction of becoming a critical mass. It's very exciting. I mean, I, I've been all over the country. I, I see so many, so much interest developing in community-supported agriculture. So many more people are joining every year. More farms are forming every year. You know, you see the schools having their gardens and, and programs that are, teaching kids how to have gardens, and there's so so many things that are developing as a kind of web of uh, sustainability Mm -hmm. or a web that's in the direction of sustainability. So I I am encouraged. I mean, there's a lot of capital available to these agri-industry operations that comes in and you know, I, I would say somewhat propagandistically mm-hmm. to create a different picture of what sustainability is, and they jump on that bandwagon and present themselves as being sustainable and the answer. But really, you have these people who don't buy that argument, mm-hmm. you know, and they and they they develop 
their relationships in this soulful, conscious way, and it's spreading. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're we're actually going to have a, I think we're in the beginning stages of a revolution in how we approach food and farming and farmers, and then what's going to result out of that is a different way of regarding the planet and respecting the planet. Yeah. Well, on that optimistic note, yes. I want to thank you, John Peterson, for joining us today on Film School. The film is The Real Dirt on Farmer John. We want to thank you for being here. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at kuci.org slash film school.